is what I'm working on today still feeding the guiding light? Or is what I'm doing today just because it felt important? Have I have I have we pulled back on anything that we're working on to see how does this connect to the end goal? And that's if you can't connect it to the end goal, there's a really good chance your team member is going to feel like I just don't really see how this is that important. Hi, my name is Chris Zaug, and welcome to Let's Talk Teams, a podcast by Uptick, the one-on-one meeting software that helps managers and their teams get on the same page. But but more than that, actually having better conversations with one another, not just talking about projects, status updates, and all the stuff you can do via email, it digs into the nitty gritty things, how work is going and how your team members work best, the conversations you never get to really have. All right, Chris. So today we're talking about productivity. As we were talking about a bit this morning, just on some things on our team and projects that we're working on. Mm-hmm. And uh, it came up thinking about, you know, what, is, what are some of the inputs that are required for having good productivity on a team? And I think so often is like people, team leads or managers or whatever their title or position may be, to think like, you know, is my team being productive? Are they doing a good job of like doing the work? But we forget to, to take a step back and realize that there's a huge responsibility on the person who's leading the team to ensure that everyone is set up to be productive. Mm-hmm. In some ways, that's like... Do you have what you need to do your job well, access to tools and equipment? But more than that, one of the things that we were just talking about was the productivity drags when they don't know they're working on the right things. And so like that's one of the first things as a team lead that you can do is to make sure that everyone understands they're working on the right things. So you you have some thoughts on that. Like how do we how do we make sure people are working on the right things? And there's some context that goes in, like is is right um because there's 10 things and how do I pick the right six to work on if I only have time mm-hmm. for six and which four don't get worked on or are some objectively wrong because they're not worth doing. But when when you talk about it, like we could have a meeting with someone else on the team and say, hey, well, what, what are you working on? Do you feel like you know what you should be doing right now? Yep, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like I'm in a pretty good place. How do you practically help someone else under or understand what someone else is working on and to understand if they're working on the right things and to help realign that? How how have you done that practically? That's a great question. I mean, it depends on the structures we have set up around us. So as an example, back in the days when I had one-on-ones once a month, the way I would do that would have people list out things for me. Just say, you know, in that once a month meeting, will you please write out for me all of the things that you think are your responsibilities and the things you're kind of working on at this point so I can get an idea of what you think is important and where I potentially have miscommunicated about what's important. So that was something that we did. And oftentimes, especially people that had a heavy dose of responsibility gene, as I call it, the the idea that everything that 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 can be done should be done. Um, it was hard. Those were hard meetings for them because I'd break out the red pen and I would say, not this one, not that one, not this one. And they would say, well, who's going to do that? And my answer was not you. That was the answer I gave. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those times things would just fall out by the wayside. But as I began to increase the cadence of my one-on-ones, that kind of became the point of it. And it wasn't just like, okay, give me a list. It was more like asking the question, what do you feel like is important? Now, in my one-on-ones, I ask a question similar to that by asking about their priorities, but there's a lot of different ways to do it. And I think different employees respond differently to that question. Some people, they just want to be told what to do. 
Okay, they just do. And you can get around and try to get all philosophical on them, and they're going to still come back to, gee, Chris, those were really great words. Now, what am I supposed to do? But I think most people, they want to have some self-determination in there, right? They, they want to be able to hear what you have to say about the things that are important and then apply it to their own situation. So I think the most effective meetings I have like that are ones where they're really a conversation. It's really a collaborative meeting. It's not me saying, this is what you have to do, or them saying, this is what I want to do. It's more like saying, okay, we know what our big goals are. What are the most important ways to leverage your expertise to achieve those goals? So it becomes really important that they understand what the big picture is. And to be honest, Michael, there's a lot of times I, I can be a if, if people are familiar with the strengths finder, I am an activator, which is somebody who is like, you know, as soon as the decision is made, they're off to the races getting stuff done. And that can be a really effective uh, tactic, but it can also take you in the wrong direction really quickly. If you don't lift your head up above the weeds and say, hey, is this a hill that I'm supposed, supposed to be climbing? Or am I climbing the wrong hill? Am I going east when I should be going west? If a manager doesn't have the opportunity to be reflective and say, is this really the right stuff? Then how in the world's gonna the employee gonna know what to do? They they won't have any idea what to do because they're gonna see the activity that you have and they're gonna say, well, I guess I should be moving in that direction. And if you're not circumspect as a manager, you can't expect your team member to do that. Yeah, and then to make it even a little bit more uh, practical, right down in it, coming down to it when there's just too many things to work on at times or someone like you said, mm-hmm. you used to have people come and talk through, like show me kind of what's on your, what's on your list and then let's go through it. How, how do you do that in such a way that it doesn't feel like people can, okay, you know, come and show me everything you're going to do and then let's grade you on it. How do you, how do right. you make it? So it doesn't feel like it's childish and that like, okay, tell me all the things you're going to do. Right. Um, yeah. Like how do you, how do you do that without it feeling uh, like big, big brother, or big sisters watching over? One of the things that works for me is that our one-on-ones are set up for our team members to write out their priorities. They're they're self-determining based on the things that the organization is trying to accomplish. These are the things I think I'm supposed to be working on. And so if I see something that may not make the cut in my mind, in other words, they may have six things that are, are written down. And my first thought is, well, can you actually do these six things? You know, oftentimes people have uh, way more appetite than, they're, than they actually can, can take on. Uh, but the second thing would, would be to just start asking questions. Like, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, how this rises to a level of importance to you. And oftentimes I get informed by that. I'm like, oh, okay. You're right. Instead of me just evaluating and and grading their one-on-one, you know, and I, I just ask some questions and and that really helps because I get a little bit of a perspective about not just what they think is important, but why they think it's important. So as an example, last week I had two one-on-ones where people came in with um, many priorities. And I asked them to kind of rank them in their own mind. Can you just tell me, like, what do you think the most important thing is? And we talked through it. And in talking through it, both of them realized that the things that they were planning on spending most of their time on weren't actually the most important things. So I didn't have Mm -hmm. to say a lot. Just by asking questions, they kind of came to the conclusion of, oh, yeah, these should probably drop off. And we, we removed those from their priority list. So to, to be honest, I don't think I spend a lot of time uh, 
directing people, I think by asking the right questions, people will generally come to the to the right conclusion, as long as there's some clarity in the vision. Yeah. No, what you said there, I think, is something to for, uh, come back to and circle back into right now. The Having the clarity is one thing. The where are we going? What are we doing? And that's uh, something we can talk about next is that like, productivity drops when people feel like their work isn't connected to anything meaningful. They don't know how it moves the needle. Right. And so why why do I want to put a lot of effort or use my strong brain power on this when it feels kind of fruit or fruitless or like it's not going to be useful in the long run? But before going into that, because that's a whole nother topic, right? The, the you brought up the point of like understanding the vision and where we're going, which helps to frame up that conversation of the why is this useful. But you said if there's enough of that, then people can self-correct in like what is the most important thing to work on right now, mm-hmm. as long as you're asking the right questions. That's the magic thing though, is it's so hard to know what to actually ask. And so in these, speak from like this specific of this last week, and you don't just have to say the same exact question, but what was the context? What kind of things did you ask to help bring that about? Right. The context is both people have a lot of tasks to do, and they're both task-oriented people, to-do list people. So they write out long lists of things that they need to do. And so they transfer some of that into the one-on-one. Uh, they may have 40 things on their list. Maybe they only give me eight. But those eight things look pretty yeah. substantial to me. And if you have eight priorities, the question I have is, do you have any priorities? I mean, that's not yep. what I say, but it's like, are you really going to complete these things? And in some cases, they do, for sure. Uh, so the first question I asked was, uh, tell me a little bit about what you're feeling the most anxious about in your in your productivity right now. Like, what's the one thing that's hanging over your head that you're feeling like, man, if I don't get this done... Uh, this is going to be a really unproductive week because that gives me a little bit of a window into what they think is important. But also typically when people have that sort of anxiety, it's because they don't have something they need. Maybe it's a piece of vision. Maybe it's a tool. Maybe it's information from a teammate. But when there's that, when there's an ambient level of anxiety there, it's usually because there's something missing. And if mm-hmm. I can provide that as a manager, that's what I want to do. So that's one of the first questions I'll ask is like, you know, wh- how are you feeling about this? And most people can relate to that and will yeah. will respond in a, in a positive way. Yeah. And one thing on that too, I think is I almost never bring up the actual descriptor or term productivity mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it can feel like scary. There's a lot of like loaded uh, feeling and emotion with that of, oh, if productivity is coming up, that must mean that I don't have enough of it. Um, and so looking at the question you asked, you said, is there anything that's kind of concerning like you about, you know, your productivity or anything you need for that to be better? That's probably not, exa- that's probably not the question you asked. You said what you ended with, with at the end there is you said, you know, is there anything that's kind of just causing you some angst about the things that you know you need to get done. Right. Like what are the things that you're most anxious about not completing? What things if, if not done are going to make you feel like you're behind still. Right. Cause those are going to drive at, you know, like those things that someone feels like if I don't get these done, either I'm going to be disappointed or my team will be disappointed or my manager will be disappointed. And you focus on those things. You, you one of two things, you either focus on those things so that you can remove the anxiety Mm-hmm. And they end up being the wrong thing to focus on, but mm-hmm. it's hard to to divert away from them because they are the thing that's causing anxiety. And so you work on those tasks that are not that meaningful in the long run. 
you have the conversation next week and now you feel behind about something else because you worked on the wrong things. So that's one, one side or a second, you know that those things that are causing you anxiety or like the things that you just want to get off your plate, it's not, it doesn't have to be anxiety mm-hmm. producing. You're just like, ah, I just got to get these things done. You're not able to focus on those because there's something more important, but no one's offloaded those other things from your plate. So they're right. still there while you're trying to focus on the other things. You can't get away from it because you keep thinking about them, but no one's offloaded it for you to be able to say, yep, I get it. Now that, the, now that those things have surfaced, Chris, you can be like, yeah, those things are crucial, but honestly, I just don't care if they don't get done this week. So let's mm-hmm. revisit it next week. Let's try to set it aside. But without having that conversation, it's hard to actually remove that, uh, uh, just to, to remove that burden, the mental burden right. of getting the other things and, done. And sometimes you can't. And sometimes as a manager, you just have to, as long as it's not crippling, you have to let them complete the task and just go, mm-hmm. okay, this, this is something that's going to weigh on them. Um, I'm not a list guy and I don't have a great memory for stuff like that. So I can let, let things go if they're not, uh, if they're not the most important things and I, I won't think about them again. But I, I have staff that do and they really care about that stuff. And sometimes you have to let them care about it as long as it doesn't overwhelm them. And I think sometimes, yeah, the really good point, some people are overwhelmed by the lack of closure about things that they think are important. So sometimes you can't talk people out of their feelings. I mean, anybody who's married knows that. You know, you, you just don't have a, you, you, you don't get to talk somebody out of their feelings. They feel what they feel. So the question is, okay, how are we going to move forward from this? And in some cases, it's like, okay, well, let's block off your schedule so you can have three hours this on uh, Tuesday where you can really dive into this one issue that you really care about. Let's do that. And let's focus the rest of the week in a different way. Let's talk about it together. That's mm-hmm. worked for me on several occasions because as soon as they have something that is scheduled for them, that's structured, where they know they can focus on their problem that they really care about, then they're, then they're fine the rest of the week because they know that there's something there for them. I think a lot of times it's that, and, and you alluded to it, it's that feeling of, I don't, I don't know when this is going to get done. I don't know how it's going to get done. And it sort of uh, freezes people and, and paralyzes them. They're, they're like, well, I, I, I can't really put myself wholeheartedly into this other work because I've got this piece that's hanging over my head. Yeah. But if I'm working on that piece, then I'm missing the important stuff. Well, Giving them a little bit of structure usually helps along those lines. Yeah. So the the next leg of the conversation then about the productivity is people feeling like they know they're working on important things, things that matter. Does if I spend the the hour on this, the ten minutes, or the or the three weeks on this thing, I've been told that this is what I need to spend my time on, but I just don't see how it matters, how it changes the game, how it moves the needle, you know, whatever word you want to put in there. That's a really unsettling thing. And that's just, will drop motivation and productivity. And it's, I think it drops motivation. And then thus, that's when the productivity drops. It's, mm-hmm. That's what you're dealing with is a drop of motivation. When, why am I, I don't even see why this is worth my time. What do you, what would you say, or how do you help create context when in that? That's a great question. I, I sort of want to flip it back on you because, sure. because we've, had, we've had some of these conversations where um, you know early on when you're building a new product like we were with Uptick initially, it was really difficult to know what was important. 
We knew some things were important, but I think you had a better idea of what was important than some of the rest of us did. How did you feel about it? And how did you kind of uh, right the ship when you had felt that lack of motivation? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's been a, a number of times along the way when we've been working on on Uptick that I've thought and I've asked myself, you know, is this, does there need to be another company that's working on this problem? Is there, mm-hmm. does it, should we all just try to go join another company who's uh, trying to do a similar thing? Or should we just find something more useful because there's people working on it in the space? And what it came down is like, it's, it's worthy to do because the problem still exists. No one's solved it. No one's fixed it. Mm-hmm. Every single company that's got more than one person is a team. Mm-hmm. And as long as you've got a team, you got to figure out how to tackle these issues that we're talking about now of clarity, motivation, productivity, and understanding and, and caring for other people in the same way that you want to be cared for. And what it really came down is like me just being able to share that with you. And you and I have enough uh, relational capital built up that I could just be vulnerable and say, is this still worth doing? Are we still on hmm. the right path? And we could just hash it out. You weren't trying to solve the problem. You just listened, you know, and we, and we talked through it. Another things that weren't quite as, you know, foundational earth shattering, like, is this whole effort the right thing? Mm-hmm. It's more specific on, you know, we've made a couple pivots along the way. Like we started working in performance reviews and we realized that, uh, you know, actually our, the stuff we were building was helping the operational side, but it wasn't helping the human side. And we started mm-hmm. to want to trying to help the human side. And so you look back and you say, well, we can keep going with what we've been doing because we've got so much built into this already. So much effort has gone into this and you just have to battle the sunk cost of that's fine. If we keep going, that's going to be wasted effort. It's not the right thing to be focused on in the near term. We need to shift our perspective to that was the right thing last week until we had a change of thought. Like when you're, when your thought changes, when your conviction changes, that's when your decisions and choices of what you work on have to change as a team. And that's coming more from the leader perspective, not so much the team member, mm-hmm. but from then the team member side on any given project, like you and I were talking about something, or I might be handing it off to someone else to work on, mm-hmm. but we need to create the context. And that's something I've been trying to do with a person who just joined our team. So like, here's what we're working on and here's why. And she did a great job of asking okay, we're going to, you want to work on this, like this big kind of launch. How does this fit in? Why is this important? Because she knows that if there's context, then she can push the ball forward faster without as much detail from me along the way. And I think that's one of the bigger things is if you don't have a team member who's proactively asking you for the why, how does this fit in on something they may not have the full picture of, you need to, as a manager, give that to them proactively so that they don't have that looming question. How does this fit in? Is it worthwhile? Yeah, I think that's something I've seen throughout the years. There are people that appear to be really tasky. We've kind of talked about that before, but they still need the why. In the long run, they still need the purpose. If they're going to be really contributing members of the team and contributing not just with their productivity, but with their energy and their vision and their um, just their you know, joie de vivre, you know, they come to work and they, they add to the energy of the office. And I think oftentimes as managers, if we get too head down, if we get too much into the weeds on some of the stuff, we can forget that. And long periods of time go by without somebody reaffirming the why. This is why this is so important. Yeah, totally. And I think that that's, 
being able to come back to what are you focusing on? What are you, uh, what, what, what is your guiding light in this? Mm-hmm. In this, in remembering to check back in with that. And that was what helped us make the pivoting decision of, we started this whole thing because the pain around performance reviews was just so intense and we know mm-hmm. everyone feels it. The person who enjoys performance review, I haven't met them. Um, not sure if you have, but I have not no. ever heard of that person. I've heard of the person who enjoys payday and raise day and all of those things that go along with finishing performance reviews, but I've not met the person who really just is excited about the process of it. Right. But we knew our guiding our guiding light in this was that the process and the whole thing is rough. And the productivity in our team was was waning as we were f- realizing we were solving the problem not very well. Right. Until sure. we pivoted. We looked back. What are we trying to do here? Okay, we're trying to improve the, the human element of it. Mm-hmm. What do we need to do to do that? And then we, we created a new, we tried something and it was a little closer. It wasn't, the, it didn't end up being the thing, mm-hmm. but it was a step in the right direction. And then we took another step in the right direction until we got to one-on-ones. Then we got our first people that were like using the product and saying, Hey, this is nice. This is, this is what I'm trying to get. And that was motivating. Oh, we're working on the right things. I'm talking about things in like a long time scale. And so then we can take those examples, pair them all the way down to the weekly or the biweekly, whatever you want to look at it with your team. But to know is what I'm working on today still feeding the guiding light mm-hmm. or is what I'm doing today just because it felt important. Have I, have I, have we pulled back on anything that we're working on to see how does this connect to the end goal? And that's, if you can't connect it to the end goal, there's a really good chance your team member is going to feel like, I just don't really see how this is that important. Yeah. The, the idea that productivity is not measured by how much you get done but it's measured by the things that you get done that are the right things. You can be unbelievably productive mm-hmm. and have a lot of output and do it all about the wrong stuff. Yeah, and coming back around to that productivity falls off the cliff when people feel like their work doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. When, when you're able to talk with your team about, it, it's actually just really useful to say, do you understand how this fits into the, the grand scheme? Do you understand right. why we're working on this project? And, and not putting them on the spot, it's a test or anything like that. It's a genuine question because mm-hmm. hopefully you as the manager, if you're uh, specking a project to work on and you're leaving up to them to kind of figure out the how, if we're going to tackle it and approach it, if they don't understand the why they're or the goal they've been given, if they don't understand how that fits into the big picture, you can expect that the output and the productivity and the motivation to achieve that goal will just be low if they don't understand mm-hmm. the meaning behind it. And so just asking like, hey, do you understand how this connects? I don't, maybe I, I want to make sure that you've heard from me what I meant to communicate to you. And, and you put it on yourself as a team leader. It's your job to communicate it. So check and make sure that you've communicated it well. It's not their fault for not understanding. It's your fault for not communicating it in a way that they heard it, if they misheard it. Or it's not even a matter of fault half the time. It's just a matter of clarity and just talking through it. So I think that's that's a big factor for People, managers who are like not sure if their team gets why they're working on stuff, or mm-hmm. if even people have vocalized that, is to just have the conversation, write a message, or have a video call, 
or whatever it is, phone call or something and just say, Hey, I just want to talk about these goals. And I want to make sure that we're on the same page about why we're doing them so that mm-hmm. you can understand the the ultimate aim. And maybe that'll give you some more freedom and ideas of how to achieve it. People that are closer to the the vision and they can see the vision being accomplished and they get communication regularly about how they're making a difference will have a far easier time getting excited about their work and having meaningful work than somebody who is fixing bugs in a in a software program. You need to be way more intentional as a manager, helping them understand why this is so important that customers get software that they understand and that works. But that that takes a little bit more work. And I have to admit that there are times I don't do that. And that's really a failure as a manager. Yeah. And, and when you do take the time, you get such a better result. And that's that's the thing too, yeah. of like when people understand the context, not only is their motivation increased, the with the the product of their work. Totally agree. I think it's a great point. And I think we can end it there. It sounds sounds like we've got a plan, and that is to try to, you know, make sure people understand the why mm-hmm. to have the meaningful work. And I've got a little work to do today to do that very thing. There you so go. thanks for the time. It'd be helpful. Yeah. Cool. Good to chat. Thanks for joining us on Let's Talk Teams. If you have any feedback for us, check the show notes and pop us an email. We'd love to hear from you.